0: rank and vile the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever and uh this is ryan
1: and this is quincy i love the forlorn t- tone of your voice where we <laughs> it's, <attempt to> ra- <laughs> it's gravity isn't it well because i'm always like especially because we really scrape we've been scraping the bottom of the barrel especially this week <laughs> like, <laughs> well no because it was sort of like oh jesus all right machiste
0: um Which, I mean, the thing is, I I always, um, the problem is I just uh, was on our buddy Evan's uh, podcast, Two Player Versus, his excellent fighting game uh, podcast, and this motherfucker's always got the cool gimmick opens where he, you know, says, you know, I'm player one, which means I have the good controller and blank. And I feel like a big fucking schmuck for like, it's, I just literally say the thing and then it's the podcast that does the thing and this is me and this is Quincy. And then I'm a babe in the woods, and I have no idea what to do with myself after the uh, preamble.
1: Well, to be fair, I think there's something comforting in saying the same thing. Kind of like how, with My Brother, My Brother and Me, I quote the disclaimer. Like, I, <laughs> I say it along with it. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like this ritual. I, I kind of like it. It's like what all mm-hmm.
0: of us used to do with Enzo Amore when he would do his
1: uh, opening spiel. Please, it's too soon to talk about Enzo Amore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which I feel... i feel some... still
1: mourning that uh, loss.
0: Yeah, well, because with Enzo, we all loved the shit out of Enzo until we realized, oh, no, he's actually a bad person. And now we're slowly coming to terms with that. But now he's a heel, so uh,
1: grist for the mill, I guess? I suppose. I don't even know what to think anymore. I don't watch wrestling regularly. Um, it, it, it's gotten to the point where I think I just realized I would rather watch... Um, scans of Japanese wrestling tapes from the '90s over any new wrestling. Oh,
0: 100. I I don't really uh, give I don't...
1: me a wing VHS tape scanned to a <laughs> DVD and make that three generations and then give that to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so as long as it looks like you bought it from some guy's trunk in the Circle, uh, Circle K parking lot, that's that's when you know it's good.
1: Me and Video Steve are real tight.
0: <laughs> you're, it's like he's like the Dread Pirate Roberts, and you're eventually going to become Video Steve. You're gonna have to change your name. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't watch. A, I don't watch Raw SmackDown really anymore, unless I'm, I've been made aware of a specific segment that I should check out because my timeline is freaking out about it. Um, I, I'm mostly. I'm lately all I'm watching is like mid '90s uh, All
1: Japan Women's Wrestling. Yeah, that's that's the good stuff. And yeah, I was telling the my D and D group, because I play Dungeons and Dragons on the weekends Fuck yeah, you do. that I don't need to watch wrestling because I have Twitter and I follow <laughs> Total Diva. I I follow Total Diva's Epps and like several other people, so it's like I don't have to watch any of it. Because they because they get the shit out of it, yeah. They gift the shit out of it, they quote it, they give me their hot takes, that's all I really need.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because there, listen, there is too much goddamn wrestling, because you've got three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, that's five hours, and then you add on NXT, that's six hours a week. Assuming you're not Don't also... main events. pay-per-views. Ev- <laughs> also pay-per-views, and even maybe superstars in main event. Like...
1: The, okay, so yeah. who is on, uh, no one has ever been able to explain this to me, who is on main event?
0: The answer to that question, who is on main event, it's, you know all of those NXT call-ups that we were really excited about at first because we thought for sure they're going to you know, dance and wrestle their way into the hearts of millions and they're going to get the push they, all, they always deserved? Um, that's where they are now.
1: See, that feels like I should watch that, because those are the wrestlers I like. <laughs>
0: right. It's like it's like Apollo Crews and the uh, Apollo... not No, wait. Um, Apollo Crews? Who the fuck is Apollo? Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's his name. <laughs> oh, oh, for some reason in my brain, it was translating it to C-R-U-Z, and I was like, Apollo... I know I know that. Um, yeah, it's like Apollo Crews and the Ascension, and just... <laughs> It is a fucking sadness. Um, However, I am glad that Sami Zayn is starting to sniff the main event on the main roster.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sami Zayn is a pure sweet boy. My beautiful son. Also my husband. So, speaking of beautiful sons, let's talk about this weird Italian movie we watched this
0: week. Holy shit. Okay, so Machiste.
1: Machiste in Hell from 1962, a.k.a. The Witch's Curse curse so uh are you aware of this is a peplum movie have you ever seen a peplum before i have seen a peplum and the one that i
0: saw was on mst3k it's called colossus versus the headhunters Um, yes and it's literally basically just this where it's all in a cave and it's a beefy fella in a loincloth sort of running around um grabbing various things and straining against other things and um sort of doing the 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 mid 90s Skinamax, like slow pan across his sweaty brow sort of stuff and uh, machiste holy shit so okay
1: machiste uh first it's an hour and a half of a sweaty boy <laughs> yep just being being strong being the so strong the strongest
0: boy he is i feel like there was somebody uh, working on this film whose sole job was to baste Machiste <laughs> when he's off camera and just make him all shiny and slick. And, uh, and it's funny because, like, Machiste, you know, it's called Machiste in Hell and The Witch's Curse. And it starts out with a good,
1: old-fashioned witch-burning um, like a period 1600s witch burning, and then all of a sudden a man... in a, And all of a sudden it goes into the future. So like, okay, we're in the um, 18th century, and there's still a man that rides a horse in a loincloth. <laughs> like you and do. that's not weird.
0: No, it's fine. And he's got... Listen, uh, whatever conditioner Machiste is using, I want at least uh, one gross of that. Because it's just fluffy and buoyant for the entire movie um but no so we start out with a witch burning and it's like an old school uh what looks like a pilgrim or a puritan a guy in a yeah powdered yeah wig. it's
1: like the classic puritan uh the bad priest is putting this witch to condemning this witch to hell except then we find out that the priest is actually the devil yeah uh big swerve there and then the rest of the movie just takes place in caves well no they put the witch to death and then they go a hundred years in the future and a tree grew where the witch got burned and when people commit suicide the tree has blossoms that come out of it sure so like it makes women go crazy and hang themselves from the tree and the governor's like what are we gonna do and they're like I don't know I guess we should pull the tree up <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then a woman who just happens to be a relative a distant relative of the witch who has the exact same name as the witch uh moves to the town and everyone's like well clearly you are the exact same witch as the as the past so we're going to murder you we're going to (laughs) publicly execute you
0: Which is... And
1: that's where our strong, strong boy comes and bends some iron bars and saves the day.
0: Oh, he's bending things left, right, and center in this film. Like, he is... There are so many languid, bending iron bar shots. Oh, yeah. No, he is just... Most of this movie... And it's funny because... So, I'm watching this at work, right? And... Because I figure, like, a Peplum movie from the 60s, surely I can, you know, watch this at work without anybody raising an eyebrow. No fucking dice. I... Had it big? I had it full screen on one of my uh, one of my two screens, and my boss was walking by and saw beefy old Machiste just sweating away on this tree trying to uproot it. And he's behind me for like a full minute before I realize he's there. And then when I see him, I'm like, but and he's like, "What the fuck are you watching?" <laughs> and I'm like, "It's it's called The Witch's Curse." And then they, every time they looked over, he was straining with a different thing, and it became a game in my office today. Where we would, ah, it's a, it's a snake now. And it was...
1: um. But no, the man fights a lion. Oh, yeah. Which I love that because it's clearly a trained lion. And they're just like... Put your paws on his shoulders, and then they cut away, and there's a a really bad lion puppet mm-hmm. for the close-ups. Oh yeah, <laughs> kind of like it's it's basically the dog from the sand like sandlot caliber puppet, <laughs> just like a big <laughs> lion head that someone's hand is in. Well, and the
0: and the big cat was like uh, yeah, was obviously trained and was clearly like it, thought that he, the like they thought they were playing with Machiste, where they're like oh hey um uh, oh I'm just gonna chew gently on the side of your head. and just do Did you see that? Okay, stuff. so
1: like Machiste strangles the lion, and the devil says something like, "You might be able to strangle a lion, but you won't be able to defeat a witch." <laughs> I don't know that that follows, Satan. Like, I. <laughs> so, so they he kills the the lion, and then they hold the shot so long you see the the lion like peek its head up and say like did i do good blinking softly get the shot
0: like hey do i get
1: my (laughs) tree i get steakums for this right (laughs) which brings the question what is scale for lions that like what do you think
0: the rate i feel like for lions it's i i I would assume that a transaction with the lion talent is primarily porterhouse based (laughs) um you just got to find a really good cut of meat you you listen. They're they're professionals. They will chew gently on the side of your actor's head and then blink softly at the camera because they're a dead lion now.
1: You just gotta. But no, fight them with he kills the lion. Then he has to fight the snakes. They do the exact same shot where he throws the quote dead unquote snakes on the ground, mm-hmm. but they hold the shot so you can see them still crawl off screen. <laughs> And then he fights the motherfucking, the buzzard that is eating Prometheus's liver, and he strangles a bird. It is, honestly, I want to re-watch
0: Machi but I I want to turn the audio off and only listen to um, You're the Best Around on a Loop by Joe Esposito. (laughs) And because, honestly, watching this, I was like, you know, listen, you watch this movie, you'll believe that you can strangle a tree. A snake you you can go out there and
1: and punch everything to death and and,
0: and it's also funny because also oh
1: god sorry i just got really excited because there's also the hirsute man that he strangles
0: yes, yes he kills a hairy guy um and it's a...
1: <laughs> and there's just those poles in the ground that he just picks up and whomps
0: him with yeah and of course obviously because machiste is a, is a big beefy boy he is hanging out in a cave and wouldn't you know it a sexy 60s lady um shows up to heal his hands after he burns them and it feels uh it feels like Star Trek the original series for a couple of minutes there.
1: Yes. And what's really important to remember is that's actually the witch. Yes. With her witchy wiles trying to trick him and then she's like machista you're too sexy for me to trick." I'm actually <laughs> an evil witch if you want to defeat me all you gotta do is give me a little smooch right and he gives her a smoochy smoochy gave- and she turns to fucking ashes <laughs> because that's
0: and i also love, also the logic there you're too sexy for me to trick like
1: i, what, I don't
0: I, I don't know what that means like how uh curse your curse your sexiness I, like listen of course you can trick State. look at him you can trick this man
1: what you know we're really forgetting he also strangles cows <laughs> with his bare hands none are safe because one of the monsters he fights is a herd of cows oh yeah trying to push him off a cliff and he just grabs him by the bullhorns and pushes them it just
0: yeah yeah um this movie is entirely about grabbing
1: things and subduing them um, so yeah. So but he... there's also a clip show for other machiste movies in the middle because it wasn't feature length. So they're like, let's add 20 minutes of other clips from movies. Yeah,
0: which I kept hearing my, my cheesesteak when because they, they would. That's what Emily heard. Ah. I was
1: telling Emily about this movie, and she's like, "Cheesesteak." And I was like, "No, machiste." like, but if you think about it, cheesesteak makes as much sense and I'm like you're right he is definitely cheese steak. it is he is machiste I, I also I just
0: looked it up it turns out Colossus and the Headhunters um I think this is the same movie this might actually because it says machiste against the headhunters
1: No, no. It's a different in the same series. Uh That's actually one of the ones that was probably in that clip show part. Because remember, it's like, remember that time you defeated ancient Egyptians? (laughs) And he he like threw that pyramid on that guy. And then it's like, hey, but do you also remember that time you fought Mongolian warriors? Oh, sure. It's that clip show of that. So it's actually one of those movies. So yeah, it's the same actor. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely the same thing. Which, by the Um, way,
0: his name is kirk morris which is the least badass name i have ever heard in my entire life but also he's Macise. i
1: feel like is is kirk morris one of those so a lot of these peplum um a sword and sandal because that's easier to say in plural mm-hmm. than um okay he was italian he just changed his name to sound america right right an American He's, he's actually game. adriano bellini but italian cinema all these stars are like no it's kirk morris (laughs) bobson
0: dugnut sleeve mcdiple (laughs) (laughs) holy shit yeah so all these movies
1: are they're all machiste does this machiste does that but for american audiences it's colossus samson hercules whatever Mm -hmm. the witch's curse because uh Machiste is a character that's been around since the 20s in Italian movies. Right. So since the 20s, they've had strong Italian boys (laughs) beating things up and struggling. Some
0: good-looking paisanos, you know?
1: (laughs) So who is this movie made for? Uh, This, now, and
0: here's, I'm going to tell you, 12-year-old boys who will have an awakening. Because so many of the shots in this are just like loving pans across his straining sweaty shoulders, you know that you could hang a bedspread from.
1: Just so many thighs.
0: Pantheon of meat shots. And I'm 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 assuming like mostly it's y'all it's super gay. It is incredibly yeah. gay and and to the point where like it, it, I don't know it's even like oh the one fam- like the one romantic interest is an evil witch. And you, you know, you, I, uh, he is too manly for heterosexual romance,
1: right? Because if 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 a heterosexual woman dares to smooch his lusty lips, she melts into ash.
0: <laughs> right. She, she she can't deal with his smoldering smoldering gaze. So I he, gaze. So I feel like that's who this movie is for. But then also, like, so the 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 sword and sandals genre. Um, Which, again, I am entirely familiar with due to Colossus and the Headhunters on MST3K, which I taped off of Comedy Central onto VHS when I was a kid. Um, I feel like it's also for some hard buds. Just some big, sweaty bros who want to watch Machiste uh, punch a snake.
1: Yeah, yeah. See, it's funny because I was watching this movie and I'm thinking is this supposed to appeal to gay men? And thinking like, oh, I guess that answers it because this is unappealing to me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, so I'm totally straight and I'm sitting here looking at all of my wrestling action figures <laughs> and how I have an axe figure of demolition in his <laughs> leather bonded short yes. shorts. Yes. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally a straight man.
0: <laughs> No, I'm all man, baby, with my (laughs) giant rack of wrestling toys.
1: (laughs) Never mind this Daniel Bryan in tight, tight shorts. Oh, it's
0: it's fine. Which is also, and actually, side note, it's one of my favorite things about wrestling is like, so wait a minute. Uh, So wrestling is supposed to be super manly, and it's like, so they're flamboyant, but also a lot of wrestlers are super homophobic. And it's like, what's the point at which it goes from being flamboyant to gay? And they just can't deal with that.
1: Well, see, one of uh, the big complaints that a lot of my non wrestling enjoying friends are is there's not enough kissing.
0: Oh, that's true. That's a fact. Yeah. Needs to be more kissing. Uh,
1: Speaking of kissing, I've been reading these new um, Darth Vader comic books. Oh, yeah. Have you gotten to read Kieran Gillen's Darth Vader yet? I have
0: not, but I've heard good things.
1: So the ship is the shipping feelings are real because I want Doctor Afra to kiss Darth Vader's shiny, shiny helmet so badly.
0: Oh man, that's see, and I, I feel like that would it would be glossy enough to like you, you'd be able to see the uh, the lipstick on the helmet.
1: Oh yeah, it would be good, and I I, I don't think Afra is really a lipstick kind of woman, mm-hmm. so it would just be like just face, saliva face oil still, it, would be, it, would, it would look yeah face oil it, it would, it would look like your know, back window you know when you when have kids you, and they're um, in the back of the car or you know when you have your iPhone against your face and like you get off of a long conversation and you go I'm, I'm an oily boy this is not ideal <laughs> an oily oily boy so okay where are we gonna rank this oily boy oh boy let's rank ranking the oily boy i now here's the thing i is that the episode title ranking the oily boy
0: (laughs) oh jesus now all right so here's the thing the closest thing i would i would put it near in terms of like quality and kind of stuff going on would be uh and now the screaming
1: starts Really, that's actually a lot lower than a thing, but actually, I think you're right. Here's what's frustrating mm-hmm. um, a lot of our Twitter friends actually pointed out there are better sword and sandal movies. Directed by Mario Bava. Oh yeah. So instead of watching a good movie like <laughs> *Eric the Conqueror* right. last night, we're... or even a good sword and sandal horror movie, mm. uh, we watched *Machiste in <laughs>
0: Hell*. <laughs> Which, by the way, side note, the the in hell part of it, my coworkers were also watching when it did a slow pan over a pit full of dude pe- that pit scene don't fuck around no. those devils are awesome yeah actually all of us kind of nodded appreciatively like because uh, also it was a slow day today because it's thursday and no one was getting shit done so we're all huddled around my desk watching it with this with the sound off so we're just imagining what we think is happening and everybody kind of nodded like that is a decent hell
1: they yeah did good work so, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's worse than Now the Screaming Starts because I'd rather see a man fight a skeleton than fight a cow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: that's the thing, is, you know, it, it, at least in and Now the Screaming Starts, you've got um, the the nobleman bashing the skeleton against a grave. This one, I loved that uh, you knew, ultimately, that everything that Machiste strains against with his hard, sweaty bod, you know he's going to subdue it. Um... And I didn't know what was going to happen with the skeleton, and there's uh, volatility there, so I got to give the edge to, and now the screaming starts.
1: Okay, so here's a, a thing that I've noticed, especially with Italian cinema from the uh, '60s and '70s, mm-hmm. is there is clearly no one on set caring about animal rights. Oh yeah. Do you think they actually pushed those cows off a cliff? E- yes. Because, you know, like, Rats, Night of Terror, it's very clear that they just took buckets of rats and dumped them on the actors over and over again. And, like, they clearly, there was a sale at the pet store on white rats, so they're just like, just spray paint them. It's fine. They don't care. Oh, yeah. They're They're rats. They're rats. Fuck it.
0: I, I think so, and I think it's because they probably couldn't afford a number of cow puppets to throw off a cliff.
1: Yeah, so they're like, fuck, yeah, fuck it. it, these Let's... cows will fall.
0: I mean, was it like, you know what, we just got these cows on loan from the slaughterhouse. They think we're bringing them back, but we're going to skip town.
1: Um, like... <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, when I when you watch a cupcake show and you're like, at least let the crew eat those cupcakes. It's like, yes. at least let the crew that's actually why I can reconcile cannibal Holocaust is because mm-hmm. the crew ate that turtle after they filmed it being ripped apart. Like they made turtle soup out of it. So like, it's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> so this it's is not fine. So this, it's, no. So it's this not.
0: is fine. Well, I mean, of course there's a certain level of like cognitive dissonance and like learned sociopathy with consuming meat. Um, I, I still eat meat and I feel like a monster when I do, but what are you going to do? Sometimes you want a burger. Um, So anyway, so I think also it is probably worse than fear.com.
1: Yeah, so is it, so what I was getting at is right underneath fear.com is Faces of Death. So we have actual slaughterhouse and unintentional slaughterhouse. Which would you rather watch? Oh, I'd rather, I... The film where the cow probably dies or the film where they're actually slaughtering a cow? Where they are
0: 100% like shoot, slaughtering a cow. I... Yeah. I gotta say, I, I'm giving the edge to Faces of Death. Right? I feel like such a ghoul, but oh, I would but rather watch yeah, Faces of Death. Yeah, I'm not... You know, I'd rather watch Don't
1: Go Near the Park again as well.
0: Yeah, I would too, actually. Don't Go Near the Park was, um, I think, also at least culturally interesting as a as a video, Nasty.
1: Yeah, yeah. However, I have to say Machise in Hell is better that... Well, hold on now. Now but under Don't Go Near the Park is Burned at the Mm Stake. Which is a better wit which has a better witch burning scene.
0: Well, one of them features a witch burning scene at all, ever, and that's Machiste in
1: Hell. That's true. Burned at the Stake doesn't actually provide
0: Here's the thing. Burned at the Stake is called Burned at the Stake and no one gets burned at the stake. Machiste in hell Machiste goes to hell. He's in hell. So Also, multiple people are burned. (laughs) For sure, even Machiste gets his hands barbecued. Pound for pound, the burning in Machiste <laughs> in hell. More than the burning at the stake and, and burn at the stake. So yeah, so I think it goes above burn at the stake. That is that is how I, I think you're right. So
1: above burn at the stake and below don't gear, don't go near the park, number one fourteen is 1962's my cheesesteak in hell my cheesesteak in hell which also is the name of my My memoir my cheesesteak my meaty meaty (laughs) cheesesteak
0: a sweaty cheesesteak in hell that's (laughs)
1: This episode is also brought to you by Nailed It Productions. Nailed It Productions is a horror production company that has entered the merch game to pay for future films that give back to all you freaks and creeps. Their first pin produced is their Nailed It logo, complete with a custom mini VHS box and sticker set. And their second pin is Louisiana late night TV legend Morgus the Magnificent. Uh, only airing in Louisiana for 35 plus years, he's going to be a pin and sticker paying homage to the man who inspired so many of us growing up in the South. Since Nailed It Productions are also fans of collecting VHS and love nostalgic things, they thought what better way to release their films but on VHS format for our fans. We are working with at Rusher Release videos and magnetic magic rentals for a November release. So all of you VHS ghouls, uh, nailed it. Productions has you covered.
0: My meaty son. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. This man. Honestly, I love that. Um, we were like, all right, listen, man. It's just going to be you and me doing this podcast. What are we doing? And you were like, well, we're doing Machiste in Hell and also every Roseanne Halloween episode. <laughs> Which so it's a good. Let's day.
1: talk about. Roseanne is so good. I love Roseanne the show. And so
0: formerly Dan Roseanne. Connor, the
1: right, right. Dan Connor as a character <laughs> is like perfect. Yes. Um it's the magic of
0: John Goodman. John Goodman is my dad, and he's your dad. He is all of our dads.
1: Yeah. And like I have been so so Emily and I have been rewatching Roseanne mm-hmm. and the the feels and, like, how close it strikes to home oh, yeah. is crazy. And also just the fact that they are Halloween episodes on top of that.
0: Yeah, and, like, Roseanne, there's some kind of magic on that show for me anyway, because, I mean, that was the show growing up that, again, growing up in a lower-middle-class family, like, that was, you know, the show that we would sit down and watch. And especially with the Halloween episodes... Um, the, honestly, marathoning all of those, I had a fucking great day because I had watched every Roseanne Halloween episode.
1: Right. So you can pick up this DVD on Amazon still. It's called Roseanne Tricks and Treats. It's just all eight Halloween episodes on one DVD. You can also stream the entire series on Amazon Prime. Um. So this show gets really fucking weird in season nine.
0: Yes, and especially because Season 9 was where they pulled the Jacob's Ladder shit, where yeah, yeah. she, you know, Dan, you know, after they won the lottery, like, oh, you know, Dan died of a heart attack, and she's hallucinating everything. Um, also, side note here, Christina texted me from the other room, ma steak, with an apostrophe, like an MRA. <laughs> Tip your,
1: your yeah, loins yeah, off, I, of cheese I'm steak. I'm tipping my
0: tweet, yeah, just ma steak, so, God damn it. Um, But anyway, so Roseanne, like, uh, that, honestly... I would say the first five Roseanne Halloween episodes are the best,
1: right? And um, it probably really slumps with I don't know though because um, five is the practical joke one, and six is the gay bar. Yes, six.
0: um, Wait, that was no. No, it's the Lanford
1: lunchbox. So yeah,
0: season seven was uh, the episode "Skeleton in the Closet" where. Um, yeah. And now here's all right. So here's the thing: as a, as a queer fella, um, I I should hate this episode so bad, and I just don't. I really love this stupid episode, and largely because I mean, it's, I think especially at the time in 1994, if gay people were on TV, it was because it was like a slice of life AIDS drama, and you didn't get anything good happening to you. And, and so, you have
1: real-ass drag queens.
0: Oh, yeah. You've got fucking drag queens on primetime TV. Like, Roseanne was one of the highest, you know, rated shows, like, in its block. Like, I love that it's playful, and they basically acknowledge, look, the gays have taken over Halloween, and it's theirs now. And you—it's we, we—it's for, for the best. Like, they—especially, like, her boss at the diner, like, I love that character, because he's such a taciturn little shit. Um,
1: oh yeah, he he kind of sucks.
0: Yeah, he's he's um, got a serious mustache.
1: Serious mustaches for serious dudes. Um, so which one is the the clip show? That's season eight. That is that's just like yeah, the baby's born, and it's just a Grateful Dead tribute, and it's like oh, we're gonna do a clip show because well, man, fuck a clip
0: it show. It was literally like Roseanne farting around the house on Halloween, and then she's like ugh remembering all those Halloween pasts, and then they do a fucking clip show of all the previous Better Halloween episodes, and then, uh, l- like, trying to, you know, cram the recent death of Jerry Garcia, like, the shoot death of Jerry Garcia. Um, she has a weird 60s vision quest, and then decides to name her baby Jerry Garcia.
1: Yeah, that's that's a thing that she did it is, on it is, television. It is very bad, honestly. <laughs> and And they try to, like joke about it at the end because like they have that thing where she's actually like it's scripted but she's in front of the studio audience saying who has questions and everyone raises their hand and a guy was like, I'm a writer for the show and I don't know what happened and she's like, You're <laughs> fired and it's like, Yeah, but really, Roseanne, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> Legitimately, what the fuck are you possibly who <laughs> wants this? Um and then obviously we gotta talk about um season uh I think eight the, the, the final season with the... Rose- season 9. N- so nine, that is
1: the Rosemary's Baby uh, parody. Yeah,
0: Satan Darling. Um, I want to hate that episode, and I kind of do, but here's the thing. You've got the the ladies from AbFab clowning around in a bathroom with Roseanne. You've got a Rosemary's... Drinking a- perfume. <laughs> right, drinking, per- yeah, drinking perfume, and then you've got um, the Rosemary's Baby thing with the room full of rich people. Side Which n- is, like,
1: spot on. It's perfect.
0: Oh, yeah, it's perfect. And also, side note, uh, IRL Ariana Huffington is a uh, is an extra in this episode.
1: Yeah, it's like, even at its worst, it's better than a lot of stuff on our list.
0: Oh, what? I would rather watch that episode again than a lot of stuff. Um, and then, honestly, the best of the Roseanne Halloween episodes, I gotta give it to season one.
1: Yeah, season one is perfect. Although season two where DJ wants to be a witch oh, and yeah. the discussion of like masculinity is also really good. Well, let's let's and, and talk about
0: well let's talk about that. Because like Dan as a character, I feel like sometimes his writing now I kind of like that it's kind of inconsistent because no parent is consistently all good all the time.
1: Right, and and frankly the O'Con the Connors kinda of fuck up towards the end because like the whole Becky and um, Michael and all that just kind of like gets really rough, mm-hmm. and you know, it's 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 good to see them struggle and they don't have all the right answers. But it's also nice in the early seasons how there are problems that wrap up in an episode. Oh, come! I kind of miss sitcom television formats. We've kind of done away with it with most TV shows, mm-hmm. and I kind of like that we're gonna talk about a heavy problem but then we're gonna end on a joke and like everyone's gonna hug and feel better
0: well it kind of reminds I mean that reminds me of this episode of the Dick Van Dyke show where the like the entire episode they're trying to set up um, like uh, they're trying to set up their friend with a dude that they know who's like you know they think is a good guy and it's like oh yeah you you should totally take him out and he's like oh and then at the end of the episode he's like oh no I'm not dating because I beat my last wife and also this is a com- this is a comedy this is Dick Van Dyke and they tr- it's it is weird man like like a very
1: special episode kind of deal Not even
0: yeah kind of but not even with the very special episode format thing where they're just like they so that happened and then they tried joking it off as the, it goes into the outro where Dick Van Dyke like does the sort of old-timey pugilist motion thing when they're it's I, it's it is fucking weird and so anyway um so in the episode where uh you know he he john like john goodman's character dan does not know how to deal with the fact that his son wants to go as a witch
1: yeah and he's like don't you want to be a warlock and like part of it is his own toxic masculinity and part of it i really identify with because he said like roseanne Something that I really like about early Roseanne is this is late 80s and it is more socially... And some of the things that they handle in season one are more socially progressive than media in 2017
0: exactly right and also with dj so, like I, I and well and with the episodic format you can't leave this episode on and anyway dan is still telling dj that he can't dress like a goddamn witch and he needs to dress like a man like you can't leave it on that you have to resolve yeah. it's so that dan figures his shit out and does the right thing
1: and i mean canonically you know the fact that um i'm forgetting actual character's name um sarah gilbert's character what what's wrong with darlene um darlene is a tomboy so like clearly dan doesn't have problems with you know masculinity he has a aversion to femininity so like it's 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 that it's not the issue of like gender bending as much as it's like a a ingrained females are Mm -hmm. inferior kind of thing and yet he's also attracted to this really powerful female Roseanne and yet he's also like wrestling with it himself I think another thing that's important is season one you have all of those anger episodes so like I'm, I'm re-watching the show from the beginning mm-hmm. there's this really great episode in season one I don't remember if you remember it where it's Dan's birthday and they go to the bar and Dan wants to get in a fistfight and Roseanne said you promise you would stop fighting oh yeah and you would be a you know adult and like he has this crisis because the only way he knows how to deal with conflict and his anger is to beat the shit out of some dude at a bar. Right. And like, granted, the episode ends with him knocking the same dude out because he calls Roseanne fat, and he's like, and she says just this once, beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's this whole thing where he can't handle it. Like hit. Um, dan's dad comes to visit for thanksgiving and like it's this whole i can't be what my father was and i've got to be my own man and like all their money problems center back to that what does it mean to be a man to provide for my family so like yep. it's actually some really fascinating discussions on like gender roles and kind of like that that social struggle because i think that's a big part of it is he might not have a personal problem, but he he says in that episode, the Halloween episode, he says to Roseanne, DJ's going to get beaten up yes, by the other kids." That's
0: it. and and it's like and, and it's sort of couched in this kind of you know, sure it is his you know sort of aversion to femininity and and the assumption that uh, his son electing to be a witch is him choosing to like downgrade himself, but also it's that that's in there too where he's like, look, when I was a kid, if you saw another kid dressing up like that, you'd beat the shit out of him. And so it's him kind of, you know, being protective of DJ and not wanting him to get the shit kicked out of him. But then, also in this same episode, you've got Roseanne in drag at a bar, like, as a beardy dude. Hitting on Crystal. Yeah, yeah. Like, this episode is going all in on the questions about gender. And, like, you've got Roseanne trying to, you know, like, so she, she looks, you know, she's doing the Duck Dynasty thing. She's got the plaid and the, or, me, the flannel and the hat and the beard. And she's like trying to shoot the shit with the guys, but she keeps accidentally lacerating them because... Right, because because the one guy is telling sex stories and she's like, you're lying. Yeah, or <laughs> she's, you know, like, you're, you're lying. Or he, the guy's like, yeah, you know, she had all these vibrators and stuff. And she's like, why the fuck does she want your dick if she's got a drawer full of vibrators? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's Man, this
1: is, so this is number one, right? Like, oh, this actually, is the best it, thing it,
0: ever. Well, that, and then you've got, you know, Dan sort of... Um, dealing with all these questions about, like, oh, no, I don't want DJ doing this sissy stuff. But then at the end of the episode, Roseanne, in, in drag as a man, is about to th- get fucking... She's about to throw hands at a guy at the bar who wants to take it outside and fight them, and then he steps up, he's like, hey, leave him alone. And the dude is like, what's it to you? And he just goes, that's my husband. And, like, kisses Roseanne as a
1: man in a bar. And what
0: the fuck?! It is 19- which
1: also makes the skeletons in the closet episode kind of weird because they're also doing that like goof like oh we're in bed together but there is also the funny joke of like after we have this well Dan it's a little far that you took your underwear off <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> right where it's like now the question here is Dan now take your dick in my ass crack <laughs> and then it's like is is Dan Connor a little bit queer. Maybe I don't know. Well, I mean, aren't we all oh. a little bit into machiste? Well, nobody. Listen, listen. You get <laughs> you get those oily brows flexing at you. You know he's giving you those bedroom meat eyes, and. <laughs> Listen, we're all... We can all be negotiated uh, by machiste. But the thing is, like... With and, in that mor- and in that moment, we all ate cheesesteaks. <laughs> I could go for some cheesesteak, we all thought. Um, and so, like, with the Trick or Treat episode, like, that is 1990. And not that, you know... Like, 1990 is not that dissimilar from 2017 in a lot of ways, which isn't that dissimilar from, like, 1985. But I think, especially for a primetime TV show that was, the like, one of the highest-rated things... Roseanne got away with some wild shit for the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's really good. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Is it horror?
0: I would say there are moments in Roseanne Halloween episodes where it starts kind of virgin into horror, even if it's playful about it. Like, yeah. Now, the thing is, the, the conceit of a lot of these episodes um, before it starts sucking real bad, is that this is Roseanne's favorite holiday because she's a fucking goblin and she loves <laughs> pulling pranks on people and she loves uh, you know, that's
1: je- actually why I love the I think you don't like the um, the Halloween the ghosts of Halloween past, present, and future episode very much. Mm-hmm. But I actually love it because it shows as a child, Roseanne is a fucking ghoul. Yes,
0: and like, she is on her bullshit face her from death day to scare one. her
1: mother as an
0: infant. Yes, like she is. She is never not on her bullshit on on Halloween. And so you've got her like as a kid, like pulling this fucking prank on her sister where her sister she's like she wants her sister's candy and her sister's like oh and she's like you know and Roseanne as a child is like you know they 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 put razor blades in the candy sometimes you got to check it and she's like. Oh no, that's you're you're bullshitting this out of your butthole, Roseanne. Like that that's not true. She's like, yeah, maybe you're right. And then her mouth starts gushing fake blood, and her sister runs off, and she starts cackling while eating her sister's candy.
1: Um, and yeah, I, yeah, and the the whole thing was like, according to that episode, it retcons uh, Roseanne meets Dan at the Halloween dance right. because she dies Dan's date blue. With the bo- with the apple bob water. Yes.
0: So not only are they fun Halloween spookster treats of an, of, of episodes, they move Roseanne's character forward, which is kind of they did, which is really fucking cool. That like that tells you an immediate thing that you should know about Roseanne is that Halloween is her favorite fucking holiday. And the I mean, and and so the conceit of most of these episodes is that Dan and Roseanne are fucking with each other like they are both trying to get one up on each other like fucking moonlighting in the suburbs and they like so those first few episodes they just keep trying to top each other and there's something so fucking playful and cool about that because Dan is also on some ghoul shit and yes they
1: are hardcore goblins it's couple goals,
0: honestly Roseanne and Dan uh, Connor and so those first few episodes especially the, the the pilot episode where they, honestly, my goal in life is to make enough money that I can buy a house that I can convert into a Halloween horror shack, the way the, right, Con- the, way the right. Connors do in the first episode.
1: And the fact that they're always talking about being low on money, and yet they go hard on Halloween. They
0: do! They're, they're saving up for Halloween the way other families save up for fucking Christmas. Like, they've yes, got yes. effects, they've got all of, oh man, honestly, and it's, um, I, I, this might be, um, a bit, you know, navel-gazy, but this movie gives, or, excuse me, these episodes give me the same feeling that the movie Trick or Treat does, where it's, you sit back and you think, I fucking love Halloween. Yes.
1: Yes. Like it reminds you why it's this is the best month of the year. Yes,
0: it makes you feel like you did when you were a kid and it was Halloween and you were surrounded by all of those '90s Halloween decorations that are everywhere in the first few episodes of Roseanne. And
1: yeah, those fucking um that vampire paper door hanger that uh-huh. I had at my house and like everyone fucking had. See, um, and
0: that's and that's the thing is like I I never got to really have Halloween decorations when I was a kid because we lived in an apartment building and my mom didn't really care for Halloween that much. Um, she she went through a period where um, for like a year or so where I wasn't allowed to go trick or treating because she was my mom was kind of drinking the Kool Aid about Halloween being satanic. Um, and so I didn't really get to you know hang d- fake bodies from the awning of my house or like put you know, tombstones on the lawn. And I just want to get to a place where I can make my lawn look like a fucking horror show because it's my lawn and I own the place.
1: Um. So have you seen Target's Halloween decorations? I have not. Do they have Targets in Los Angeles? Oh,
0: they do, yeah. There's one right down the street. Okay, okay. <laughs> How do people
1: live? <laughs> do, do they have Targets? So they have a creature from the Black Lagoon like yard buddy, what? like a little cartoony creature with Christmas tree lights inside of him. Oh heck yeah. And I desperately want him and I'm waiting for him to be marked on clearance so I can <laughs> afford him.
0: See, this is this is what you have to do, and this is and, probably <laughs> and this is
1: probably what the Connors did is start
0: stocking up on Halloween shit so that your arsenal of decorations, you will be the most ghoulish fucking house on your block inside of a few years.
1: Another great thing is it's very clear the year that those uh nineties pumpkin um patterns with the little kit with the plastic scoop oh, and yeah, the little yeah. saw and all that came out because there is one episode where every pumpkin is carved with one of the patterns from that book. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which means it was probably some intern at the network up all night, like, I gotta carve these fucking pumpkins. Or,
1: they called and were like, look, we need some, you know, product placement. We're gonna provide you all of these pumpkins. Yes.
0: um, And that, that, and also, I loved that, um, in uh, the season four episode, uh, the Trick Me Up, Trick Me Down is the name of the episode. It opens... What?
1: I didn't know that was the name <laughs> yeah, of the episode. Yeah, buddy!
0: Trick Me Up, Trick Me Down. <laughs> That's also title of my memoir. Um, and the... I, I love that that episode opens with them fucking with their neighbor, Kathy, who's, like, really uptight and not into any of this goofery. And you get disembowelment effects on network
1: TV in 1991. Yeah, yeah. Where Which are rivaling some of the actual professional movie effects.
0: They look, dude, it looks like Dan has his insides on the outside. And, and it's... Oh, my God. I honestly, even after having just binge-watched a bunch of these, I have also now started doing my rewatch of Roseanne generally because like I, I, I never really saw a past about season five so now I'm kind of like I fucking love this show and I now yeah, need to watch all of it
1: it's really good until it's not and then <laughs> it's still kind of good <laughs> yes so I'm looking really high up on this list
0: me too let me see. I think Alright, so so what we're we're considering all of these as a conglomerate, right?
1: Yeah, just like the whole DVD.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like Friday night, do you watch this because this is it's a long DVD, but you can watch the whole thing in lieu of a double feature. Mm-hmm. Um do you watch Okay, so Friday the 13th, which is actually the night after we record this, Mm -hmm. would you rather watch all of these movies, all of these TV episodes, or one or two of the Friday the 13th movies?
0: I got to tell you, as somebody who... Now, here's the thing. Because of... So, um, at my job... um... I one of the one of the websites uh, that my company um, runs. We get giant boxes of free DVDs sometimes, and one of them in the pile that my coworkers saw and saved for me specifically was a metal box set of every single Friday the Thirteenth film.
1: Yo. Yep.
0: Along with a little booklet. <laughs> Uh, with, with, like, Friday facts, and 3D glasses for Part 3, and a Camp Crystal Lake Camp Counselor patch that you can attach to oh, your John. jacket. Um, so, and now the thing is, Christina, uh, for the last week, has been out of town, um, because she's been in the woods with children as a kind of Camp Counselor, um, by the way. So, of course, I've, listen, my, my, my SO is out of the house, I don't know what to do with myself, I'm going to watch every Friday the Thirteenth film for the eight thousandth time. I hate this franchise. I think it's garbage, and yet, and yet,
1: <laughs> and yet,
0: here I sit watching the commentary on Jason Goes to Hell, um, <laughs> because I hate myself and I don't make good decisions. But so, if my choice is between my pretty metal box set of Friday the Thirteenth films and every Roseanne Halloween episode, I'm going. Hall- I'm, I'm going the Halloween episodes. I would rather watch Kazan. Yeah.
1: So I realized after I asked you that question, we haven't ranked any of the Friday <laughs> the 13ths yet. No, we have not. I, I feel
0: like but, an episode's a-coming where we are going to rocket the fuck through this franchise and rank
1: all of them. See, I've still I've still not seen many of them. Although, I'll fight you over Muffins. Muffins is my favorite <laughs> character from that franchise. <laughs>
0: I mean that's honestly it's better than most of the characters in that franchise who all they do is prank each other and then and then yell what's wrong can't take a joke
1: and then they so, get killed. <laughs> Real quick power ranking: What is the best part of Friday the Thirteenth? Is it the part three novelization uh, illustration of Jason? the 8-bit Jason or Muffins? What's your 1, 2, and 3? Uh, I gotta go Muffins
0: and then 8-bit Jason. And then... and then the.
1: Or, do you know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the novelization cover? No, I'm actually looking it up now. It is... Uh, so, listeners at home, uh, this is a... <laughs> this, this is an audio medium, but if you look up Friday the 13th um, novelization cover... It's one of those classic uh eighties novelizations. Novels, but it's like a it's like a um like an oil painting of a Oh
0: <laughs> of wow, that is mask. the grumpiest Jason I have ever seen. Right? It's perfect. Oh my god, I need that as a pen. That's incredible. There
1: you're welcome. you're in luck. There are pin makers. I believe it is Wade Splitter Graphics who also made a misfits trick-or-treat mashup pin. oh now we're talking um, yo uh wig splitter if you're listening to us um our email address is rank and volcast at com.
0: which by the way w- uh, wig splitter just reminds same. me of the fact that um so you know how i'm
1: addicted to that stupid friday the 13th video game uh, oh, I play that game an untenable amount as well. Oh no, it is awful. Oh no, not the NES
0: game. The um...
1: oh oh, I play the NES game because <laughs> I hate myself. I've I've don't get me wrong. I have played an embarrassing amount of NES, but the yo I beat Freddy Crew. Krue- I, I beat Nightmare on Elm Street NES today. Hell yes, you uh, did because I put in the cheat, and apparently you can turn into uh a dream warrior nancy even if you're the male character so you're just wearing a mini skirt and throwing switchblades
0: <laughs> wait would, wait would that be taron from part three with the switchblades or is it literally just nancy is a badass motherfucker with
1: oh right you're right it's taron um that's where i'm showing my my uh well, inability well this is where but i'm showing my pedantry right so is so in the nightmare on Elm street oh and the reason why you collect bones in that game is to put them in the yep, furnace to him. kill uh freddy yep but um you could either be the wizard a ninja or <laughs> terran with switchblades <laughs> and and uh Sol. The, the
0: three it's those three classic archetypes you know
1: there's and it's the same male character just with that skin laid on top of <laughs> so you know it's it's it's
0: open-minded um Specifically, uh, there's a so the Friday the Thirteenth, uh, massive like P- like online like next gen PS4 game that I can't stop playing. Um, they just introduced a uh, so previously they had a bunch of Jasons that you could play as, but you didn't have Part Four Jason because the logic was well he looks quite like Part Three Jason basically. But now they've just released Part Four Jason and his weapon is called a Pig Splitter.
1: <laughs> Which then immediately
0: just makes me think of Mark Henry's theme with like, somebody's going to get their pig split. Um, it's going to happen. It's, it, it has to.
1: Um, so where are we going to put this? Now that, these fucking uh, Roseanne episode. All right, so Roseanne, right? So, so... Is it better than um, Friday the 13th? Not Friday the 13th. Fuck. It's, <laughs> it's getting late. Yeah, it is. Is it better than uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? Certainly not. Well, that's fair. Okay. So what about Hellraiser? Ooh,
0: now if we're talking a Friday night test,
1: hmm. I feel like you're not Roseanne you're, you're not super high on Hellraiser. I think, to right? say, Hellraiser is fine. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed when I saw Hellraiser one. That's fair, because you're expecting something you know huge. Yeah, it's it, it's great because it's a bug fuck weird movie. But it ain't, like, the lore behind Hellraiser. Like, Cenobite lore and the fact that that one kid turned into a Cenobite. My headcanon is the Chatterer is a, you know, teenage child, as we see in Hellraiser 2. Right. And he's just been cranking his hog so much, (laughs) he got
0: dragged to hell. You pound your pud that much, that's what happens. You get turned into a fucking demon. (laughs) Listen, side effects. Hairy palms, blindness, (laughs) getting turned into a fucking demon so you you should know about that what's
1: your pleasure <laughs>
0: <laughs> which i think i was thinking about today by the way side note um in hellraiser 2 my i think my favorite pinhead moment in that is that uh Kirsty and Tiffany go to hell and then pinhead pops out and he's like i'm going to torture the shit out of you but then he pauses and he's like but like we have forever to do that so just like show yourself around do a bit of exploring I guess whatever. I'll catch up. We'll 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 catch up later. And like he literally just says, "We have eternity to know your flesh." So like, feel free to do the fucking nickel tour of the labyrinth. It's the weirdest fucking moment. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's he's a, he's very bad at administration, is Pinhead. So this Roseanne DVD, and this is a question I never thought I was going to ask in my entire life: Is Suspiria better than this DVD of Roseanne Halloween episodes?
1: You know, I hate to say it. I think Roseanne might be better than Mulholland Drive. <laughs> uh, you know, well, well, ooh, well,
0: well. Okay, I don't know now about here's that. well. Now here's the thing, right? We. This is not to me a question of is the show Roseanne? Are all these Halloween episodes? more competently and artistically made? Do they have stronger performances? Do they have any of that shit? That's not the basis I'm grading this on. My ranking of every Halloween episode of Roseanne is based entirely on my feelings. How does it make me feel? And going by that, there is... I will be goddamned if I put this below Funny
1: Games. Right. It doesn't belong below Funny Games. It actually, like... So Suspiria is a more of an art, auteur piece, but you could argue that Roseanne is an auteur piece, mm. especially because in later mm. seasons, Roseanne is doing everything on that show. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. She's producing. She's directing. She directed that weird ass um, Grateful Dead episode. Yeah,
0: she did. And now, and here's the thing, though. I love Suspiria. This I this might get me punched in the dome at the next uh, convention I go to if somebody knows that I've said this. Suspiria doesn't have a goddamn thing to say about anything. It's beautiful. Nope. It's incredible. I love Suspiria. Um, it's not about people, it's not about emotions, it's not about relationships. Um, I'm. God damn it, I'm putting every Halloween episode of Roseanne above Suspiria.
1: So then, does it also go above Inferno? Because they're pretty much the same movie. Basically
0: the same movie. I think Inferno is a little bit more into feelings, but not by much.
1: Yeah. So, I'm going to say Mulholland Drive is better, but not by much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to. See, when you said Mulholland Drive, I was like. Now, Mulholland Drive does make me feel several things, and I think it makes me feel one or two things more than every Halloween episode of Roseanne.
1: Now that would mean every Halloween episode of Roseanne goes at number 15 on our list. <laughs> Welcome to Hell children. this list, which now I realize we're never gonna put anything above this because <laughs> that's like empirically a perfect. Yes, DVD. Yes, it's well
0: well, I mean well, with the exception of of the the season 8 episode
1: oh yeah yeah, and I, I would argue if it wasn't for season 8 and season 9 uh, this like and another thing is I almost didn't watch uh, Satan Darling because I was like oh that's not a Halloween episode right and then I'm like wait a minute it is sorta and like I, I turned it on and I was like god damn they, they tricked me this isn't a Halloween episode and then it turned into the most Halloween episode <laughs> <laughs> yep um oh yeah
0: no it, and even for that I'm like uh oh, the, the season eight episode but even then there's some it's Roseanne so what are you gonna do
1: yeah so number 15 is Roseanne yes. Ryan, that's going to do us for this week. Um, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find us online? Well, I tell you what, they
0: can find us on Twitter at Rank and Vile Cast. Uh We post a shitload on Twitter, and probably too much, and I should have my Twitter taken away from me. Um, we are well, if it, we
1: are dueling for control over <laughs> the account. Usually, it's <laughs> and yeah. we are jumping into all of the capital. Capital D discourse. We can. One hundred
0: percent. And actually, um, our, tw- our our shared tweet deck account is uh, like a re. It's basically the social media equivalent of dead ringers, and we're both Jeremy Irons. Um, <laughs> so we're 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 figuring it out slowly. Um, we are also on Instagram uh, at Rank and Vile. Yes, at Rank and
1: Yep. Nope. Just Rank and Vile.
0: Oh, just Rank and Vile. Excuse me. Um, we and landed
1: the real tag here, wait, wait, wait So on. hey, if if you are at Rank and Vile on Twitter, let me have it. Please, you don't need it. Just let me have it. You ain't using it, <laughs> Daddy. Daddy please. <laughs> daddy, please. Please, Daddy.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> so we, uh, so we are on Instagram at uh, Rank and Vile. Uh, this is where we're doing uh, some pretty rad giveaways. Quincy, do you wanna, do you wanna uh, give us the Iggy on that one?
1: No, because by the time this airs, the giveaway will have been uh over.
0: So we did a giveaway on instagram and thank you to all of you so who we took did part give away giveaway.
1: some cool stuff we will be doing another one later probably we'll do one tied to followers so stay tuned but we also show like we show pictures of uh october foods um movies we're watching uh when we go to cons we post that kind of stuff it's it's a fun time so um hang out with us on insta and twitter we have a tumblr too uh uh that is turning out to be the best way to request a movie for this show is on the ask box uh or you could also email us rank at gmail.com if you have screeners, if you want to be a guest, if you want to um, suggest a movie, if you just want to say hi, uh, shoot us an email, y'all. We're um, we're here for you. We're doing this for for the children, <laughs> much like Wu Tang, rank and violence for the children. Yes,
0: um, and I, th- I think that's all we got. Have a good week, guys. Thanks. <laughs>